Hello, my name is Nathan Foster, and welcome once again to the Renovari Weekly Podcast. Back in September, you may remember I interviewed Jan Johnson about her book, Meeting God in Scripture. Since then, I had a chance to hear her teach at the Renovari Institute. In that teaching, she led the group through some interactive meditations on Scripture, and man, it was really good. Uh, and I found out that she's running a class online where she leads people through verses, so I thought it might be fun to have her lead us through one in the podcast. So this one's a little different, but I'm sure you'll enjoy. Jan! Hello, Nathan. I get to have you back again. And it's always good to be with you, my dear. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I got to hear you uh, uh, teach a little about Scripture at the Run of Our Institute, and you are masterful, if I can say that, with helping lead groups in working with uh, the Bible. And so, so today we get, to, we get to do that a little bit, yes? Oh, yes. Great fun. <laughs> well, one of the things that I've found helpful, and I, and I think, I mean, we kind of teach what we know at some level, but maybe you could share with us a little bit about uh, how you use the Bible um, personally. Well, I think one of my issues with how I used to use the Bible, and I think use is an interesting word there, <laughs> um, and how a lot of people use it, is that it's sort of like the IRS tax code. And it's got all these lists of rules, and you're supposed to do this, and supposed to do that, and you read the Bible, um, you know, you don't, you don't think you're doing this, but you sort of want to walk away with a list of do's and don'ts. And, mm. and, um, and so on the one hand, I'm very much in favor of really good study. Mm-hmm. It's important to do that, to, and especially to look at the context and the culture. But I think that in light of that, as, as we study well, I think we need to look at Scripture as a conversation between God and me. What is it God wants me to know today? And that's probably how I view meditation. Mm -hmm. And scripture meditation is a little different from study, but they go together. Mm -hmm. And study is step one and meditation is step two. And in study, you dissect the text and you look at what the words mean. And you know what? You do a good job with culture, Mm -hmm. which not everybody does. And I think that's why we we really don't get a lot of what Jesus says because we don't know the culture and we don't get the way that he taught. And then meditation is where you, you look at it, you enter into the text. So my favorite little um, illustration of this. So Nathan, what's your favorite candy bar? Oh, orange, orange chocolate. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) So here we have this piece of orange chocolate. And, we're, and we dissect it. We cut it up into little pieces, and we notice what's in there. And you acknowledge the sugar content. <laughs> no, <laughs> you acknowledge, I don't. You don't? Okay. <laughs> and you acknowledge the beauty of chocolate. I mean, really. They're, you know, they got health benefits now, they're telling us. So, so we dissect it, and we look at that, and you may figure out whatever else you need to do to offset that. But we know well what's in it. We're not fooling ourselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and then, but then we just leave it on the table. What? 
If you just leave it on the table, then you're playing that game that people play where I just studied the scripture and I found all these little nuggets. Oh, that was so cool. Well, no, Mm. you are going to take a piece of that, put it in your mouth and leave it there for a few seconds. (laughs) That is scripture meditation. Mm, That's good. Taste and see, huh? Yes. Savor the text and enter into it. So why would you not do that? Hmm. That's good. And, and I think I heard you say that you like to study before meditation. Right. Uh-huh. And when I lead groups and uh, in the course that I, the online course that I teach mm-hmm. um, in the eight sessions, we, there's a little bit of teaching, but then each session includes a, uh, a session where we go through a text of scripture and we spend the first part of it studying it mm-hmm. and looking at the things that are really important to understand it. And then we pause and then I go through the process of meditating. We follow those steps of Lexio Divina, uh, read, reflect, respond and rest. And so not only do you read it and reflect on it, what stands out to me today? What might Jesus be nudging me with today? What is the spirit causing to stand out? But then you also respond in prayer because I just think it's really rude for God, for us to let God speak to us and then we don't respond. <laughs> but we do that all the time. Yes. <laughs> And, and for me, you know, I'm like such a crazy live in your head kind of person. I need to write the prayer because otherwise I'm praying one minute and the next minute I'm thinking about what I have to go get at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, to stay focused really well, I write my prayer and I'm amazed at the things I write because I'll say, you know, what you said in that passage is really hard for me to hear and, and I'm not sure what to do with that or what you said in that passage is exactly what I need today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what I need to know because I'm full of self doubt or I'm, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, and then, then just resting in it, worshiping God in the middle of it. If it's a gospel passage, it's really fun in that last phase rest to just picture the face of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What did his face look like based on the textual evidence? Mm-hmm. What might his face have looked like? Just just flat out worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, you're just, what you're describing is very engaging, but maybe just a sentence or two about those who struggle with the word meditation. Well, scripture, you know, thank you for saying that. Um Scripture talks in in Psalms over 15 times about meditate on Scripture. So we're told to do it. And um, in fact, that wonderful verse in Joshua, do not let the book of the law part from your mouth, but um, meditate on it day and night. And what's the result? So that you may be careful to do it. Mm. And I think we become careful to do it because we've been in conversation with God rather than beating ourselves over the head with a verse. Mm-hmm. So I think the problem with meditation that people have is that they know that Eastern religions do it, mm-hmm. but then Eastern religions fast. 
and Eastern religions quote the Bible mm -hmm. and Eastern religions pray, but we still do those things because we have our own way of doing it. Well, our own way of meditating on scripture is meditating on scripture, mm. <laughs> <laughs> not just whatever is out there, but we, mm -hmm. we meditate specifically on it just as the psalmist urges us to do over and over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's taking the chocolate and eating it, interacting yes. with it, and then responding to it, right? Uh -huh. Yes. Um, Saying, who gave me this candy bar? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good. Um, okay, maybe two other things, and then we'll jump into the exercise. Um, I once heard you say you don't like the term memorizing scripture. Ooh, you're right. <laughs> I, I think of it as learning it by heart. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I go about learning scripture by heart is usually I'll get a nudge mm -hmm. from the spirit. Here's a passage, Jan, that you really don't want to live without. <laughs> you really want to be able to take this with you to Home Depot. <laughs> you want to take this with you um, when you're driving in the car. So I'll get a nudge and it will usually be, you know, more than 10 verses, something like, oh, John 15, 1 through 17 or, um, Philippians 4 or 2 or Philippians 3 or whatever. So I get the nudge and then I do a lot of study. Mm -hmm. um, I, I look at what the words mean. Sometimes I color code it just so I get all the main ideas down. Um, I just really do, do a lot with it, read a few commentaries, and then I do I do Lexio, scripture meditation. I do that for a month on the passage. Wow. By that time, I know this passage really, really well. And then what I do, and I know different people do this part differently, when I sat down to really learn it by heart or the M word, memorize, <laughs> um, I often just take it 20-point type on a hike, and okay. I just go for it. And then I have to keep going over it. Other people like to learn a verse a day. I don't know. That wouldn't work for me, but it does work for other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So whatever helps you, you want to do, but you want to, I think it should be by invitation by the spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you should really know it in your heart, in your gut mm -hmm. to where you think, you know what? I really don't, I don't want to be without this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I get in a mess, I want to be able to say you who dwell in the, in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the, in the shadow of the Almighty. You will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, and, and then you're like not so afraid to get up and do whatever somebody has hired you to do. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I mean, I like that. Learn it by heart as opposed to, yes. I mean, memorization is, is good and yes. I, for sure. But yes. we can, the danger, I think you're, alluding to is is not living it not eating it not living in it yes and it becomes a checklist i had a christian leader ask me recently how many verses do you know have you memorized and i was like and i said i haven't counted and i don't think it's a good idea <laughs> i don't plan to count right i said i was more gracious than that but just between you and me and your podcast folks Maybe it was last year I did a podcast with a, a gentleman, Paul Patton, and he, he his response with memorizing or 
or learning it by heart was to steward the stirrings of your soul. Ooh, very cool. Isn't that, isn't that a good line? Right, because that's the invitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and then put, put the time in to steward right. it. Right. Um, your life will be better if you know Psalm 103. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're just belting out, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so impo- inspired by your session in, uh, at the Institute that I've been working. This is one of my goals this year is to spend more time um, learning it by heart, right? And one of the things that's been so helpful is before I go, as I lay in bed trying to sleep, um, I'll just run through a verse. Oh. And just, you know, kind of, and it, it puts me to sleep in, in the best way. Right. Because um, it calms you. Uh-huh. And then I drift off to sleep working with that verse. Um, it's really been a great practice and wonderful medicine for my insomnia. So, Oh, I'm glad. That's great. You know, I woke up like at five this morning and it was still dark and I, I knew I wasn't going to go back to sleep. So I just sat there in the dark with a cup of coffee and we just did Psalm 27 and just kind of mosey through. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just really delightful. It, I just love that. Yet will I be confident. <laughs> <laughs> the voice is important. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Cause you, you like to think about how they said it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you have a, a verse to work us through, yes? Yes. I, I thought it would be um, fun because part of what we're doing in this podcast is talking about um, the online course that we're going to be starting February 27th. And so in each one, we also do a scripture passage. And, um, and that is great fun. And then people go to – we have like a private Facebook page and people go in and respond to how that was for them and what stood out. And it's great fun. So the passage I thought we'd look at is a scene from the gospel that I think gets almost no airtime. And maybe that's because it's only in Luke. But um, so if, if you folks want to follow along, we're going to be in Luke uh, 7, 11 through 17. And, uh, this is a great story because it's, it, as we see in verse 11, it says soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain. Um, let's just stop there for a second. Nain is about four miles from Nazareth. And Nazareth, of course, is where he was thrown. They, they tried to throw him over the cliff. So Nain people may not be too happy with him. Or they may have wondered what happened. We don't know exactly what they thought. But that's an important thing to remember as we move through this. It says, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. So you have to see Jesus coming into town, and he's got a whole gang of followers. (laughs) This is like, you know, ooh, that all the limos have pulled in, except these guys aren't quite that cool. Um, And so then we get this picture as he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. So the, as they come, there's a funeral going on. And the procession is they're going to go bury him outside the town gates. And so there's this is a big traffic jam. This is, you know, kind of an issue because we've got the town gates going on. And then it says, 
It's talking about the dead man, and it says he was his mother's only son, and she was a widow, and with her was a large crowd from the town. Now, this is very important because women in New Testament times had no rights, and if if she's a widow, the only reason she has any rights to any property or to anything is because she has a son. Hmm. Now that the son is gone, there's no male relative for her to identify with, and she has basically two choices. One, she can sell herself into slavery, or she can become a prostitute. Hmm. There's a possibility there might be a relative who would take her in, but even in that case, she would be pretty much a slave. Mm -hmm. So her life, I mean, not only is she suffering the terrible grief of a son, and she's already suffered the grief of a lost husband, but her whole future Mm. is is one where she's just barely willing to be alive, probably. And so there's this large crowd. And so it says, 13, it says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. Mm. And I loved other translations talk about being moved with compassion. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. And we don't know, probably someone told him that, you know, they said, well, who is she? And then they, they, and so that was kind of going around in their group. And as soon as he hears, you have to kind of picture him. He looks at her and he's moved with compassion. Mm -hmm. His, his guts are wrenched thinking, Oh, this woman. And you know, see, he, he would also identify with this because his mother was a widow. Mm-hmm. by this time, but she had a few sons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she, even though they were poor, she was a little bit safer. And so he, he, he speaks to her. And this is kind of weird because men and women don't generally speak in public. Okay. So, so our Jesus, our guy <laughs> just breaks all <laughs> the rules, you know, and he doesn't do it just to be a rule breaker. He does it out of compassion. It says, and then he came forward and touched the bear. Now, that's like a coffin kind of thing, but it's it's like an open basket. So they laid the body in an open basket. So he comes forward and he touches it, which, of course, is going to make him unclean, mm-hmm. which means he can't teach for seven days. So he has no business touching that basket. Mm-hmm. And the bearer stands still. And you can imagine they're going, What? What's he doing? So the whole crowd is already shocked. This stranger has come into town. He starts talking to a woman he doesn't know. Then he touches the coffin basket thing, but it gets worse. (laughs) He starts talking to the corpse. It says, and he said, young man, I say to you, rise. Mm -hmm. And of course, that word rise there is the same as resurrect. And so this is pretty scandalous. I want you to... Just imagine for a minute the last funeral you went to. What would you have thought if someone talked to the corpse? Mm-hmm. I mean, that just, I'll never, ever get over this. And yet this is more of his moved with compassion. And so he talks to the corpse. And what is really cool in verse 15, the dead man sat up and began to speak. Oh, don't you wish you knew what they talked about? <laughs> Gee, that would be so cool. And then it says, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Now, he's good at handing 
children to to parents. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he scooped him up out of the basket. Now, and this, of course, would mean that his touching all of this, he wasn't unclean because the guy wasn't dead anymore. <laughs> and then it says, fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. So um, what's interesting about that is that's just the opposite of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Nazareth thought he was a blasphemer and wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. Nain has says, you know, he's a great prophet. God has looked favorably. And the word spread, because this is in Galilee, but also throughout Judea and the surrounding countries. So um, whatever shame Jesus' family experienced, maybe Mary couldn't go to Marketplace or whatever, um, it's probably gone now because now Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus is now more popular than Billy Graham. <laughs> so... Um, that's really um, delightful. So what I think would be cool is just let me kind of just read the passage to you and just see what stands out. Hmm. What sort of what what is highlighted for you? You're kind of a fly on the wall in the middle of it and um, just kind of see what happens. And I know some of you are driving and some of you are on the treadmill. So if you will want to keep your eyes open, of course. <laughs> The rest of you, you might want to just close your eyes and just picture this scene. You've got town gates. We're not quite sure what that looks like, but you can get the ambiance of it. You've been to a funeral. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same sort of whatever feeling you had at a funeral, that's the feeling that you would have now. So let me just kind of read through and then um, Nathan, you and I can kind of see what stands out to us. So. Lord Jesus, bless the hearing of the words of this passage. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the gate of the town, A man who had died was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came forward and touched the bear And the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, rise. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. And the word about him spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. So as you ponder this, just notice what stands out to you. What moment 
mind. As that comes to you, you might ask the spirit why that moment stands out to you. What is that really about? And as you notice the moment, and as you're pondering why it stands out to you, engage God in conversation. You may even want to ask God, why did this stand out? Or you may want to just comment on why you think it stood out. And if you need more time, you might want to pause the podcast. And when you're ready, when you're ready, you can move to the final phase and just rest in the beauty of what happened that day. You might kind of take a look over at Jesus' face. What did his face look like when he was moved with compassion? What did his face look like when he handed the boy back to him? This is the Jesus you know. This is the Jesus we want to know and 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 be transformed into, to move towards that kind of life. So just take a minute to fix your gaze on Jesus.
We thank you, O God, for the way that you speak to us through scripture, the way you help us know you better, the way you help us hear you better through scripture, through this event that is historical and true and so telling about the Jesus we love. So we thank you for that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> That's fun. It is. Jesus is somebody we'd like to know. <laughs> and and quite the adventurer. We we really don't see him as sometimes as that. What stood out to you in it? Well, you know, this was like a very odd thing because for years what has stood out to me is that I tend to hesitate. I mean, I I work with the homeless and and do a lot of stuff like that. But um, in real life, (laughs) when I'm not a volunteer, I kind of hesitate to step out sometimes. And I'm always trying to figure out if this is the right time and all that. And while I think caution is a good thing, I think I've overdone that. And so this passage has always spoken to me about that, mm-hmm. about Jesus saying, let's just do this, because he just steps into it. But as I was reading it, the words that stood out to me were about the, the pallbearers, that they just stood still. And I think I, I was really like, why that? I was kind of asking God, what is that about? And I think it's because right now I've been I've been teaching for like the last four weekends really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's time for me to stand still. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wow. And those guys just stood there and watched him. <laughs> and now is my turn to say, look at what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm in these last weekends and stuff. And so I just get to stand still. That that was just really, I didn't see that one coming. Mm. Um, Because the spirit does the heavy lifting. I just showed up, you know? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, now, now I get to be sort of in the last phase and just admiring Jesus and what he did and, praying for my students and stuff. So that was just kind of wild. It, I struggle with, okay, the one that stood out to me was gave him to his mother. Ooh, and yeah. I struggled going there because I'm like, what does that mean? Or, you know, yeah. I kept wanting to find a different one to, <laughs> to work with. Um, but, I, but I stuck with it. And, and um, the picture I had was, He was giving this woman the deepest desire of her heart. Oh wow! And with a with a wow with a tenderness. Here you go, right? And and then the face, right? When we have a gift to give someone, how just big old smile, you know? Here you go. Um, uh, Just and then when you said adventure. I thought, what a fun life. Really? <laughs> to, to get to go around and do, you know, 
weird to shake the system, but also to just give such wonderful gifts to people. That's really lovely. Yeah, he was. He was giving her the desire of your of her heart. Mm-hmm. Deepest desire, right? He just rescued right. her from, you know, right. a life of God knows what. You know what I like about this practice is just, I mean, this is an obscure verse that I would probably just read through, um, but to sit with. And, and then we get to sit with that for the coming days, right? Yeah, because I really had a sense of, of Jesus saying, okay, this isn't just this cool exercise you're doing. <laughs> you, you really need this. <laughs> I'd really like for you to hold on to this. So that's, that's lovely. And I like the idea of, um, of, of God seeing into you, Nathan, and seeing the desires of your heart mm. and being very very eager to take care of that. Some of that floated through my head, but I think this majesty of Jesus and we get to go along and yeah, we, you're right. They were front row seats to him, giving people the desires of their heart to see, to walk. Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate your, uh, kind of the slowness of working with verses and not trying to, you know, master it, but to pick up the chocolate and savor it a little. Yes, it's almost like we try to conquer the text. We try to get to the bottom of the page. We have to check off today's passage. Oh, gee. that You know what? That's like you taking Christy out on a date, and when you're done, you go, well, I got that done. (laughs) (laughs) She's thinking, God is ever so patient with us. Oh, really? (laughs) That's great. Well, Jan, thank you so much. This was great. You are welcome, my dear. It's always fun to be with you. It's a pleasure. And I, I know that there are so many thoughtful people listening to your podcast. And it's such an honor to me to be involved with you, to get to be some kind of blessing to them. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, that was that was so good. Um, Jan is offering uh, a free workshop and an upcoming six-week online course. Uh, you can find information about that at meetinggodinscripture.com. And this would be great for those of you wanting to work with a series of verses and learn more about this life-giving practice of Scripture meditation. Again, that site is meetinggodinscripture.com. And you can find more information about Jan and her many books at janjohnson.org. I'd like to give a special thanks to Chad Lawson for allowing us to use one of his songs during the meditation. That song was appropriately titled Song of Prayer. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week, where we talk with Chris Hall about his dear friend and mentor who recently passed away, Thomas Oden. <laughs>